Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, June 16th, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. You know what, folks? Today is National Fudge Day. I was going to get her some delicious maple syrup fudge, but you know what? I forgot to pack it. Anyway, she is the she-devil with a slingshot. She is the Khaleesi of Coburg. She is Tamara Ugolini. How you doing there, Tamara? I would be a lot better if I had some maple syrup fudge, David. How could you? How dare you forget that I, I had no idea it was national? Like, how, where do you come up with this stuff? How do you how do you know that it's National Fudge Day? <laughs> Tamara, there's actually um, a calendar. There's a website, and there's multiple things that happen on every day. Uh, sometimes I'm uh, confused as to which one to pick. Uh, there was a really lame National Something Day, uh, but but fudge. I mean. Everyone's got to love fudge. I mean, it probably isn't the best thing for you to eat uh, if you're counting calories uh, or if you're diabetic or whatnot. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it, but it, it is amazing how uh, industry groups get together and pick a specific day. Like what I'd like to know, yeah. I'm sure there's something like the National Fudge Council. Why June 16th? Why is that your day? And not June yeah, it 1st. seems like fudge would be melting in on a day like today. Let's make <laughs> yeah. it more in the spring fall. Who even thought of this with these things? You know, you're right. This is more of a nice creamy kind of uh, season right now. So, uh, but and I'm yeah. sure there's a banana split day, a Sunday day, a blizzard day, and et cetera, et cetera. And we'll we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get to all of those as the uh, weeks uh, grind on. So, Tamara, usually we tell the folks what it is we're trying to do in yes. this next. 58 minutes or so. Yes, yeah, so welcome to our daily live stream where we provide commentary on some of the hot news topics of the day and sometimes multiple days of the week uh, before and after today. Um, so you can join us currently. We're on YouTube, Rumble, and Super U. Sometimes we get into some topics that go against the, com the community standards. Oh, and also Getter. Sorry, I forgot Getter. I think we're having some issues with some other platforms. So those will be the main four that we're on currently. And so sometimes we discuss some topics that are a little bit too hot for YouTube. <laughs> Unfortunately, their community standards are pretty stringent when it comes to questioning the narrative and the science. I like to have a TM added at the end of that word these days. So at some point in the live stream, we may have to migrate off of YouTube to those other three platforms again. Uh, Rumble, Super U, and Getter. Uh, on Rumble, you can engage in the platform, engage in, uh, with us throughout the live stream by sending a uh, Rumble rant. So that's where you provide a small monetary, monetary donation. And then, of course, we read your comment on screen and we can provide uh, commentary on that as well. So it's a nice way to engage with us and make sure that we keep the lights on and all of our equipment up to date and working. And then on Super U, uh, you can do that as well. I forget what it's called, but anyway, you can send a chat there so that you can take part in our live stream because we're fully donor funded platform and we rely on your, your feedback and your contribution to keep us afloat. So thank you in advance for doing that. You know, Tamara, I love that phrase, community standards. You have violated our community standards. And when you reach out, of course, well, what exactly 
what part of the community standards uh, did I violate? They, they never give you a straight answer. Uh, it, it's it's such a sham. Uh, I don't call mm -hmm. it community standards. I call it uh, censorious thuggery. Um, yes, to use one I of the that. lines of our uh, boss Ezra. Uh, that's what it's all about. And mm -hmm. uh, again, I've said this before. You go back some fifteen years when all these uh, platforms were starting up, Twitter and. Facebook and YouTube. And it was like, hey, come on, come all. You know, this is the Wild West of free speech. Say what you will. And then they gain critical mass, big time critical mass. And guess what? Then they start saying, well, you, you, you and you, we don't like you. Be gone. And uh, what a business plan getting free content. Right. So they didn't have to pay anything. No wonder they're multi-billion dollar uh, big tech uh, entities. But it's the bait and switch I have always hated that in the beginning mm -hmm. they were desperate for content and they put everything up. And then once they got to a certain financial position, uh, they embrace one political leaning and so much for the Wild West of free speech. It's a very controlled free speech biosphere now. Absolutely disgraceful. But. Well, Tamara, uh, we got so many incredible things to uh, talk so about. So much. Um, uh, well, it wouldn't be. But, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, well, I think that at the top of of my tongue and of my and our radar is is this Patrick Brown funny business that always seems to be some sort of scandalous engagement that he has unfolding. Why don't you tell us the latest scoop? I know that uh, that's been a hot topic of your reports recently. And I mean, the, the, the scandals just keep coming. It's like a snowball of scandals for Patrick Brown. Indeed. And uh, Pierre Polyev, he tweeted out the letter from Brampton City Council. And it's uh, very much uh, directly related to the video that premiered uh, last week, uh, Tamara, when Lincoln and Jay caught uh, sneaky Patrick Brown at his secret Vaughn headquarters. Um, and basically the, the crux of the matter, folks, was that paid Br City of Brampton senior staff were not working on Brampton issues. They were working on selling memberships for uh, uh, Conservative Party of Canada memberships, that is, for Patrick mm -hmm. Brown to realize his leadership ambitions. Just one problem with that it's against the rules if you look at uh brampton's code of conduct and this would be the same with any municipality you cannot be on the town or city uh taxpayer dime ostensibly working for the city and buggering off and working on some pet project and not only were people working out of this secret headquarters tomorrow but some were flying across the country with patrick brown Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, that's a long way away from mm -hmm. <laughs> the city of Brampton. But if I can, here's the um, press release that uh, the city of Brampton put out yesterday. It is shocking. It reads as follows. Today, Patrick Brown and his four council enablers refused to attend the Wednesday, June 15th council meeting shutting down city business, bringing it to a grinding halt. Why? When Patrick Brown and his council followers don't get their way, they resort to tactics that put democracy under siege. And um, basically, some of the business was uh, 
taking care of replacements for account uh, for Ward 7 and 8. But the other order of business, which I'm sure Patrick Brown did not want to address, and this is what Lincoln Jay and I exposed him of uh, doing, is the fact that he's been using taxpayer-funded City mm -hmm. Hall staff to work on his federal campaign to become the conservative leader. It, this came as no surprise to us and members of the public who have watched for four years as the media have reported on irregularities in hiring and procurements. Brown's friends have been getting lucrative contracts for work that was never completed. So wow. on one hand, Tamara, you have paid city of Brampton staffers not doing their work for the city, doing their work for Brown, not Brampton. And then you mm -hmm. have uh, Patrick Brown allegedly going to his cronies, giving them contracts. And that's bad enough. That's a conflict of interest in and of itself. Yeah. But the fact that according to these counselors, uh, these five counselors that signed this press release, that the work never got done anyways. But here's the question, and I'm reaching out to these counselors. I hope to go to Brampton tomorrow and interview them or at least one of them. I want to know, Tamara, because I'm not an expert on the Municipal Act, but is mm -hmm. this even a thing? Can a mayor and his lackeys just say, ooh, look at the agenda today. This is uh, this is a, a bit toxic for us. I'm going to get in trouble. I, I, I might even get a, an integrity commissioner complaint leveled against me. What to do? What? Oh, I know. Why don't hey gang? Why don't we just not show up so there isn't a quorum and there can't be a council meeting? This is an affront. This is an insult to democracy and to the mm -hmm. taxpayers mm -hmm. of Brampton, Tamara. Absolutely. I was just going to say what uh, what an assault on the democratic process for the mayor to garner enough support as well from from the other councillors to be able to just completely skirt that whole council meeting so that he doesn't receive scrutiny and uh, hopefully some sort of debate would happen there. But I was really surprised to see just the wording of that letter. You know, it, it's pretty aggressive. So there must be things that are happening under the surface here that have obviously been kind of boiled and now it's boiling over the pot of sneaky Patrick Brown. I just can't even believe someone like this is running to be leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, trying to uphold the democratic process and claim that he was against lockdowns oh. and against all these restrictions. I mean, this goes back, what, what was when was it in 2020 that you originally broke the story for anyone right. on the live stream here that is not familiar with the history of Mayor Patrick Brown in Brampton. Maybe, David, you're the better person to brief them on it. Give us a quick little rundown of how he came on our radar and what he was doing in Brampton during the lockdown and the government imposed restrictions. Indeed, Tam Tamara. Um, despite what Patrick Brown is saying on the campaign trail, that he was the mayor who was vociferously fighting back against uh, lockdowns in Canada during the pandemic. Nobody had a record like him. Oh, that part is right. Nobody had a record like him in embracing lockdowns because not only were the um, recreation facilities shut down, not only were the playgrounds uh, fenced off, not only were the baseball diamonds and the soccer fields and the cricket pitches uh, fenced off, but the city, uh, Patrick Brown also hired 
uh, was it Paladin? Security. I think Paladin Security. Yeah. They they don't have the power to issue tickets, but what they did do, and they were literally hiding in the bushes looking for violators <laughs> and scofflaws, is they uh. phone the bylaw enforcement officers and they come charging to the scene of the crime and hand out tickets. So while that was going on in that hot summer of uh, 2020. Meanwhile, Patrick Brown had an entire hockey rink uh, at his disposal for him and his berry buddies to play hockey. And there you are. This is Lincoln J and I catching him red-handed at the hockey rink. And what he said, Tamara, is that um, he was there to inspect the facility. That is a verbatim quote. He wasn't there to play hockey, but... His hockey bag was there with his name and number on it. <laughs> now, also, let's take him at his word. If he's there to inspect the facility, why is he running away from me like a weasel? Where's the inspection, Mr. Brown? Mm-hmm. And it gets he's better. Sneaky. He was being interviewed by Jerry Agar on News Talk 1010 yesterday, uh, Tamara. And the story changed yet again. He wasn't there to inspect the facility. He was there to play hockey because... Three weeks prior to us going there, uh, that was allowable. No, it wasn't. He keep Tamara, like any compulsive liar, you keep yeah. lying and lying. And you know what happens, my friend? You lose track of the lies, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 so he's inspecting the facility. No, no, no. I was there playing hockey because I was allowed to. No, no, no. It turns out that, um, you know, the rules were you could practice sports. You could not play them, except if you're the mayor and his buddies from uh, Barry. I want to, you know, highlight what the question you asked, which is this. Folks, do you want this man to be the head of the Conservative Party of Canada? Do you want this man to potentially become prime minister? We already have a lying liar, phony baloney in office right now. His name is Justin Trudeau. You want to continue on the Justin Trudeau legacy under the name of Patrick Brown? Because that's what you're getting. There is no, it's like the ABC laundry detergent of old, comparing ABC to Tide uh, Tamara. Can you tell the difference? I can't tell the difference. They're cut from the same cloth. And Tamara, this is the last thing I say before I'll throw it back to you. I think Patrick Brown is a compulsive liar. I think he's somewhat of a buffoon, but I think he's also dangerous. And if God forbid some kind of quirky fluke gets him to head up the Conservative Party of Canada, he might just do irreparable damage, much like what happened uh, more than a decade out west uh, to the Progressive Conservative Party of Alberta. You might have to just burn it down and start over again. This is how Mm -hmm. dire I think the situation is. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said there, especially with the compulsive lying. But also, why would you want a pandemic peeping Tom who <laughs> hired a private company to do his bidding to make sure that everyone was following the rules and staying home and saving lives so that he could go out and gallivant in the arena and still do all the things that the poor little kids trying to keep up with their extracurriculars were banned from doing? Why would you ever want someone like that to be in any position of office municipal, 
provincial, federal, or otherwise. I don't even know how he became mayor of Brampton. He's not even a Brampton resident. The whole thing, his whole past, the history, what he's doing now, it all just reeks of scandal, scandal, scandal. And then I, I don't even know if, if people realize this, but just published yesterday, and it is behind paywall, um, so we can show it on screen, but in the, uh, where was it, the Globe and Mail, they posted an article here that the Conservative Party is also investigating Patrick Brown over allegations of membership irregularities. So the claim here, and again, this was ousted by Pierre Polyev, um, is that he was actually reimbursing people who paid membership to the Conservative Party to vote on the leadership debates. Um, I guess if you if you read through the article here uh, again it's behind a paywall, but sometimes you can skirt that by using the Wayback Machine. So there there's claims here that there was uh, WhatsApp messages and telephone recordings to back up the claim that he has been reimbursing people for their membership fees uh, to vote for him, arguably, uh, is what I gather and assume based on this article. So it's literally just one thing after another with Patrick Brown. Um, I, I just, I don't, I, I hope that there's some sort of nail in the coffin here from this Brampton council member letter, that some accountability finally starts to rear its head because I think it's long overdue. Well, nail in a coffin, uh, Tamara, I think at this point, the lid to that coffin has been crazy glued shut. Uh, this is an absolute joke that this man is uh, still a contender. Uh, he has to be investigated. And by the way, you, you know, he is an evil genius in many respects, because one of the first things he did when he became mayor of the city of Brampton, Tamara, is guess what? He fired the integrity commissioner and he put in a new integrity commissioner who's a personal friend of his. So when that hockey gate issue uh, went under the integrity commissioner's um, bailiwick and there were several pages written about it, guess what, Tamara? The only thing that she did a slap on the wrist for was that Mayor Brown was not wearing his mask. That's it. None of the, uh, all, none of the other shenanigans somehow... He got off and partly, you know, in terms of getting off, you remember the story in the days ahead. That was a Wednesday, I think. In the weekend, the uh, the scuttlebutt was city of uh, Brampton employees under orders from, well, guess who, retroactively changed the bylaw stipulation. Well, it doesn't work that way. It, it, it You know, you can't say... Yeah, it was illegal on Wednesday, but it's legal on Sunday. But we backdated the legality to Monday. Uh, no, you know, but that is the character you're dealing with. You know, mm -hmm. I really think um, and I was talking to Ezra about this uh, the other day, uh, Tamara, that if he really became prime minister in terms of the grifting, he'd make Justin Trudeau look like amateur hour like a real piker, because once he got his hand, once Patrick Brown would get his hands on uh, access to the federal treasury, oh, look out, you know, so this it's is a dangerous very, thought. Yeah, this is very disturbing. I mean, and what uh, what would he do if uh, ask if faced with um, uh, unfriendly questions in parliament, uh, constantly proroguing it? Because that's basically what he did mm -hmm. at the city of Brampton mm -hmm. yesterday. 
and this is a scandal. Like I said, folks, I'm reaching out to these counselors this afternoon. Uh, we need to have an interview on this. And, mm -hmm. and by the way, one other thing, it's, and this is truly um, what makes Patrick Brown, I think, almost a sociopath, almost someone that embraces uh, the, um, you know, the tactics of a dictator. At the hockey rink in the weeks after we were documenting that he was still sneaking in there, he called the police. As you remember, Tamara, I was charged mm -hmm. with trespassing. I was on the parking lot of a taxpayer-funded recreation facility. That went to court. We won. They lost. And also when Lincoln, Jay, and I uh, a week ago Friday followed Patrick Brown uh, on the highway, he drove yeah. to police headquarters. Oh, my God, Tamara, I would love to know what Patrick Brown said on that 911 call. Or was that a call <laughs> to a personal cop? I don't know what it was, but we know it was lies. I suspect... And I have no way of proving this unless we get a transcript. He probably said, you know, there's two guys in a black Mitsubishi following me. Uh, I may, I don't know. Maybe they're carjackers. Uh, I fear for my life. And uh, here we are, you know, following him. And where does the, uh, the O.J. Simpson speed uh, chase end? At uh, a Brampton uh, police department um, a division, rather, Tamara. And the thing is, we followed them right into the parking lot. Now, think of this, Tamara. If Lincoln, Jay, and I were real badass gangbangers, there's the, there's the police station. Uh, wouldn't we be really stupid uh, beyond description to follow our prey right into the parking lot of the police station? And here we are scrumming him, asking him over and over again. Are you using paid Bram city of Brampton employees um, for to do the city's uh, to do your bidding for the Conservative Party leadership campaign? And as you can see, he won't answer like a weasel. He is running away, you know, and uh, and he's literally just running into the police being like, save me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How cowardice. It's and, so cowardice. And, but and, to also have the 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 fortitude to do all of these scandalous things and then go run and hide behind the police. Uh, astonishing. And then as we're leaving, we're told by a sergeant, uh, hey, come back outside. I said, sure, why? Uh, we're conducting a traffic stop. You're conducting a traffic stop in a parking lot of a police station. I'm the only one you're stopping. Yes. And he's, we're detained for about 25 minutes. And we're informed oh that a detective is starting a criminal harassment investigation. Why? I guess, Tamara, in the city of Brampton, you're not allowed to ask the mayor impolite questions. And imagine that in Brampton, in Peel region, what's been in the news lately? Violent carjackings homicides, right? And that night after 10 p.m., Lincoln and I both receive a phone call from a detective to start the criminal harassment investigation. Of all the stuff going on in Brampton, right, and in Peel region, this is on the front burner, asking impolite questions. And I can tell you, we want to get, I'll have a video posted, I think, later today, folks. Guess what? Just like the trespassing charge, we won that too. The detective uh, decided there's absolutely no grounds uh, to, uh, you know, to proceed with criminal harassment charges. Yes, no, I mean, I'm not a police officer, but yes. 
I know. Uh, so, so we uh, it, the scandal continues. Uh, you know, if if it's if it's Monday, and it's like the movie, if it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium. Well, if it's Thursday, it must be a new Patrick Brown scandal, and we're going to continue to look into this. And uh, yeah, you know, enough about you'll that hear it here weasel. first, folks. Yeah, enough about Sneaky Patrick, because I'm sure there's more to come as, like you said, more uh, scandals unfold and snowball here. We already have some super chats, okay. uh, rumble rumble rants, whatever they're called these days, super chats, rumble rants. Uh, so let's go through a few of those before we switch topics here. So Herbster, 983, $5. Thank you. Nice to see you both. Of you, David, you've been stellar on Emperor Patrick. <laughs> Keep pointing out his new clothes. That's Herbert Hildebrand. Hi, Herbert. Thank you for that. Oh, uh, oh, and then Pastor he Hildebrand, I, I want to thank you for your donation and thank you for those kind words. And and here is uh, somebody uh, that knows. Uh, well, actually, I'm sorry. That is um, uh, that that's uh, the son of the pastor, uh, Herbert. But Herbert is a true freedom fighter. Yes. Uh, their church uh, out in Elmer has been grotesquely harassed by law enforcement mm -hmm. and um, not even just the church, but them personally, the congregation oh yeah. personally as well. Yeah. It's so aggressive and vile what's happened to them in Alamer. I hope that that's died down now. I don't hear much about it. Uh, maybe they could give us an update, but yeah, absolutely disgusting the way that they were being treated throughout the COVID narrative simply for just wanting to continue gathering religiously. Yeah, and and you know, Tamara, uh, as we pointed out in our reports, uh, that church is about I would estimate three hundred meters away from a no frills grocery store, um, jammed with shoppers. And I don't yeah. begrudge no frills. I don't begrudge any business opening, but how is it that you can have people physically come in, you know, and um, touch things and handle things, and yet what the church was doing at the time was having a drive-in sermon with the windows up, the sermon going mm -hmm. through the radio of the right. attendees. I mean, um, from a purely scientific point of view, there was no comparison uh, which building was practicing better hygiene and sanitation. But blind eye to no frills, go after the church. That was absolutely despicable uh, mm -hmm. conduct by the, the Elmer Police Department, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. And we're fighting some of those fines. So for anyone who's not familiar, you can check out fightthefines.com and see some of our, our reports on that subject there. Uh, Scott Not Two Tees gives $5. Thank you for that. Patrick Brown gains his renown slash as the crown clown of the lockdown. <laughs> I like that. Although I do like pandemic peeping, Tom, uh, I, for those security guards hiding in bushes. Like how absolutely creepy. Isn't it amazing, Tamara? And also, keep in mind about this. Do you think they're doing that as volunteers? No. The taxpayers yeah. of Brampton are hiring rats and snitches to call them out when they dare to have the temerity to bring their child to use the monkey bars or hit a, a ball around on a soccer pitch. So you're paying for this harassment. Unbelievable. And he right now is saying there was no mayor uh, other than I, who was fighting yeah. <laughs> against the lockdowns. Are you kidding? Joke. It, it, what a joke. Sociopath. Yeah. Um, Alfred C. gives $1. Thank you. Another Zaphoid Beeblebrox. Do you know what that is, David? I'm not familiar. I Zaphoid Beeblebrox. Is, is that some video game character uh, 
Some of the young ones here know these. Uh, the young ones. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just see. Let me see what a Zaphoid Beeblebrox is. Okay. I hope it's not something. Bold. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> Character from Hitchhikers to the Galaxy. Oh, Sorry, I'm not familiar right. with that. Yes, that that's right. I you know, I got to tell you, many years ago, I started that book, and I'm sorry, it, I never finished it. It just didn't grab me. But I think that name has been mentioned on the live stream, and we and I think Sheila googled it, and Sheila found the same novel's name, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe. <laughs> yeah, sorry there, Alfred C, for not knowing your reference. Yeah. Uh, Paul Otto Newman gives five dollars. Thank you, Michelle Rempel Garner has stepped away as Sneaky Patrick's campaign chair. <laughs> reportedly to consider running for premier of Alberta. Is this a sign that his campaign is sinking faster than the Titanic? Yes, we forgot to touch on that too. I think it might be Tamara. And I think, first of all, what in blue hell was she thinking jumping aboard the campaign a couple yeah. of months ago? That's what I want to ask. And secondly, I think that, you know, and I might be wrong, but I think that's an excuse. I don't think she's going to run for UPC leader. And I think her saying that, is uh, a way of saying, look, I've got to put my whole focus onto the UCP uh, leadership run. Uh, I don't know if she is truly a contender there, but uh, I'll call him as I see him, uh, Miss Rempel Garner. Uh, you finally woke up and smelled the Java and realized that you're jumping off a sinking ship. Usually it's the rats that jump off the sinking ship first. It's just mm. that the head rat is the one on the bridge steering this ship. That would be Patrick <laughs> Brown. So there you go. <laughs> our our capitalized friend Fraser McBurney gives five dollars. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you. This shows you how corrupt the Conservative Party is. Why have they not kicked Brown out of the Conservative Party? He's just a crooked mayor, liar, liar, pants on fire. Well, that's a great point. And I think that, you know, that's why I referenced back to that Globe and Mail article that if he if there are if there is evidence and proof that he has facilitated reimbursement to people who bought memberships just to vote for him. That is definitely, I would assume, definitely against the constitution there of the Conservative Party. And I believe would be legitimate grounds to kick him out of the leadership uh, yes. as a leadership contender. And you know what? I will reach out to the Conservative Party of Canada. Hopefully mm -hmm. someone will get mm -hmm. back to me because, yeah, this uh, I mean, and also using paid city staffers. Well, that might be a, a municipal, um, you know, faux pas. But certainly this ballot scandal, uh, that's outrageous. You, I would imagine. I mean, the question is, Tamara, how can you not disqualify him if these allegations are true? Exactly. Exactly. And that's where, you know. I would love to hear the response and I look forward to your report. I'm glad that you're you're on this, David, and following having the follow through on it that it obviously needs. Um, we have one more. The Grouchy Fish gives five dollars. <laughs> the Conservative Party of Canada should remove Patrick Brown from the leadership race. He is a stain on the party. I tend he, to agree. He sure is. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Speaking of liars who compulsively lie, well, Marco Mendicino, uh, he was facing calls from the opposition. Uh, everyone's asking for him to step down, folks. You know the story. Mm -hmm. He's lied not once, twice, thrice, but more than a dozen times that law enforcement agencies asked the government to invoke the Emergencies Act. 
just one little hitch. We can't find any police force in Canada uh, that did indeed ask for this. Not the Ottawa Police Service, not the RCMP, not the OPP, you name it. Uh, there is no evidence of this. And uh, the other day, uh, we um, uh, got a hold of our um, famous Jumbotron-equipped uh, truck. Well, it's not ours. We rent it. And, and by the way, if you want to help us out on the expenses, uh, folks, that would be uh, greatly appreciated. And we drove it through Marco Mandicino's riding. We actually went to his riding <laughs> constituency office. Uh, lights were on, but nobody's home. Well, actually, yeah, there was somebody home. They just ain't unlocking the door. How do you like that kind of transparency? And then we drove it down to Young Dundas. Uh, uh, the, is, Young, is it still called Young Dundas uh, Square? Because... I know Dundas I is so. soon going to be eradicated from Toronto uh, because of uh, wokeness and uh, did some streeters. So why don't we uh, throw to a little footage about this? Because this yeah, guy is. is just clinging to his lies and he will not go. So this is part of the campaign that you have spearheaded, David, the firemendicino.com. So obviously we are calling for the termination of the, another, like you said, another liar here who's supposed to be <laughs> representing the people who's an, uh, an elected uh, representative, supposed to be upholding the democratic process, who is just straight up lying and then not acknowledging it, not even coming forward and saying, you know what? Yeah, okay, I, I was mistaken. I was wrong and I lied and this is how we're going to deal with it. Instead, they just try to repeatedly cover their tracks and it's becoming increasingly apparent that these people have zero accountability to us, to the people. Well, it, absolutely, Tamara. And now the spin cycle goes into effect because the minister has been caught lying. And that is Mendicino trotting out the deputy minister, uh, Rob Stewart, I believe his name is. And he said uh, several days ago, uh, Tamara, you know, and it's just so shocking how the lies just continue. Oh, it was a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm, you see, mm -hmm. law enforcement no. agencies were asking for the tools in the Emergencies Act, not the whole enchilada Emergencies Act, right? Oh, really? Um, how is that a clarification? How How is that any kind of statement that is any different from the original lie? Because show me the cops, show me the law enforcement agencies that were asking for the tools in the Emergencies Act. That doesn't exist either, Tamara. Well, and how do you get the tools without invoking the Emergencies Act? They're one in the same thing. So it's just more doublespeak by the Liberal government. And um, it's obviously becoming increasingly clear that they just wanted to be able to freeze the assets of anyone involved and show them the full hammer of the government that is no longer acting as though it's a free and democratic elected party and thing, we're going to take the role of dictator now. A hundred percent, Tamara. And uh, I want to tell our audience, if you can, please sign the petition. You can go to firemandicino.com. That's firemandicino.com. I will be personally delivering this petition um, to some government building on Dominion Day, uh, July 1st. 
So the sooner you can get your signature on that, uh, because we're only uh, two weeks away from our uh, national holiday, the better. And also, folks, uh, if you can, I see it's approaching 15,000 signatures. Let's let's get it over 20,000, folks. And if you can, um, if you can kick in a buck or three to cover the expense of that uh, truck, it's around in the neighborhood of $1,500 to get four hours of that truck. And uh, I think it's money well spent, uh, Tamara. I'm sure as soon as they saw the truck, they locked down the constituency office like it was a bunker. <laughs> um, <laughs> and no doubt they were humiliated because we were driving it right through his uh, Eglinton Lawrence uh, constituency, telling everybody who had the misfortune of voting for this man, this is what the public safety minister is saying. And when this is very important, this isn't just some Joe Blow politician. This is the public safety minister lying about this. The question arises, Tamara, if he's lying about this, what else is he also lying uh, about on the public safety file? Yeah, I mean, how can the cabinet place any sort of faith or confidence in this person who made such a flubbering error? Like that is, this is a massive error. And uh, I, 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 I cannot comprehend how... Marco will get away with something like this. I really hope that this is a successful campaign. I hope that the pressure continues and that this person is held to account for his blatant disinformation. This is blatant mis and disinformation that was not factually relevant, uh, factually correct, rather, I should say. And someone needs to start holding their feet to the fire on these things that are happening in, in our parliament, in the House. Um, and, and question period, I mean, I'm so tired of seeing question period just be these circle answers that never actually answer anything. It's oh. so frustrating. There's just a bunch of children. And I mean, it's mind blowing that they're supposed to be running our country and representing us. It's so frustrating. You know, Tamara, it's like they're asked a question. What kind of car do you drive? And the answer is my curtains are green. Uh, you know, it is just... Well, it has an engine. And let me be very clear that I do have some headlights as well. Um, and maybe <laughs> I plug it in sometimes too, so I can be really virtuous about what kind of vehicle I drive. And I don't listen to the CBC. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's literally how our finance minister, Christia Freeland, was responding to scrutiny over her justification for seizing the bank accounts. And of course, in in doing so, she had to, they had to invoke the Emergencies Act. She literally just skirts everything. And it's a simple yes or no. Um, it's, it reminds me entirely of, of trying to parent my children. I'm like, is it yes or is it no? We don't need all of the fluff here uh, in the, around the topic. Is it a yes or a no? Um, so I don't know if if, if uh, we'll get the answers that we need, but I hope the accountability is seen through. Someone needs to take uh, the the accountability for this. Totally agree. And, and, speaking and Tamara, for what it's worth, you you are a fantastic mother. Your children are always so well behaved. At least when I see them. So good on you. Yeah. But, well. <laughs> and I, not behind I closed want, doors. <laughs> but I will give Amanda Gino one shout out on the positive side. Unlike sneaky Patrick Brown, at least he doesn't call the police on us when we pepper him with impolite questions. He's not that far gone. And um, as I mentioned, uh, Tamara, Dominion Day, July 1st is coming up. 
and uh, we'll be delivering the petition in Ottawa. And I, I speak of our national holiday because, you know, there is a real flag flap going on regarding the Canadian flag these days in certain quarters. Um, there was a, uh, you know, super producer Olivia and I went up to Newmarket on Saturday to cover the plight of uh, Donna Svetkos. She is an employee at the Kawartha Dairy Shop in uh, Newmarket. Kawartha Dairy, fantastic. I mean, if you want good ice cream, fantastic milkshakes, that's where you got to go. But the executives are really a bunch of banana splits when it comes to flags. Because what the story was, folks, is that Donna, uh, on her personal vehicle, was displaying uh, We the Fringe flags and Canadian flags. And uh, shall we uh, pick up the audio from here, Olivia? And that, that might tell the story because we have, we have an update from our, our report. I think the person had nothing better to do with their time. It yeah. was a gloomy, rainy day. Uh, the flags were down. Um, like I said, uh, that vehicle, my vehicle has been parked over there at my place of employment, which does not have anything to do with me and my personal stuff. Um, somebody just couldn't read. It's, it almost comes down to that. We have somebody in our community that hates our country, couldn't take two seconds to even walk over and yeah. lift it up. I would not be disgraced if anybody touched my flag to look at it. The store received one complaint, singular, one complaint, that this was offside and she was ordered to remove the We The Fringe flags. This is my own opinion. This has nothing to do with Kawartha Dairy. The product is great. It is Canadian run. My views do not reflect anything to do with the company. Uh, that one customer clearly should have done their homework and they have ruined many people's lives by one, one comment that blasted up. The store was being called and harassed on a daily basis and still is. And there are a lot of freedom fighters out there. There are, are so many people that love our country that have been calling in support as well. She was ordered to remove even the Canadian flags. I feel that this has been an unjust and discrimination to our Canadian flag. It's been a rough mm -hmm. few days, all because somebody wanted to post fake news. If you're showing pride in... So um, that's the story. And imagine the perversity here, uh, Tamara. You cannot fly a Canadian flag on your personal vehicle in Canada. But um, if you want to fly the pride flag, the Black Lives Matter flag, the flag of Ukraine, that's OK. In any event, an update on um, a couple of days ago, the executives reached out to Donna and oh my goodness, it's the Christmas miracle in June. They've reversed their policy on the Canadian flag ban. That can go back on her vehicle. But the We the Fringe flag ban, that remains firmly in effect. Why is that? The answer, because somebody might think, because of the color and the font style, that We the Fringe reads F. Trudeau. Really? Well, what I would say to anyone that makes that error, Tamara, is go see an optometrist or a psychiatrist or maybe both. Uh, because right now we are at a stage, folks, where corporations are bending the knee to imaginary complaints. They, they, mm -hmm. There's no there there. And, you know, Tamara, I, I, I just can't believe it. Um, it does. First of all, 
Even if it did say F. Trudeau, there's no rule against profanity. Otherwise, half the rap songs are removed from airplay overnight. But um, it never was an F. Trudeau flag. It's we the fringe. Those are words taken. The fringe word is taken from Justin Trudeau in late January describing the truckers and their supporters. This was the beginning of the demonization and the vilification of these patriots. What do you make of this? And what do you make of the fact that this company was acting on one complaint, you know, some hysterical customer that was complaining about something that wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. Well, and when did it become a, the company's, a corporation's business, what an individual does on or with their personal property? Exactly. I mean, this isn't the property of Quartha Dairy or... Um, Justin Trudeau, this is someone's individual owned vehicle. And so what gives them the right to have say over how they they dress it or what kind of paraphernalia they have on their own vehicle? It's just absolute madness. And in addition to what you would recommend uh, an optometrist, I would say go to Kumon, get some tutoring, learn how to read and see what you're up against. And also, <laughs> when did we start discriminating against minority groups? If this is a fringe minority, I thought that we embraced everybody's ah. differences and uniqueness and, uh, you know, tolerance and inclusivity. If this is a fringe minority, truly, then when did we stop embracing them if we're going to fly, to fly like you said, flag, uh, pride flags, um, Ukrainian flags, LGBTQ? The really funny thing I find, too, is when the pride folk are flying Ukraine flags, but they don't recognize same-sex marriages. And it's like, do people even know what you're supporting anymore? Is it literally just whatever the current thing is, I'm going to get my flag and I'm going to fly it. And it, there's just no forethought there. And it's really sad to see that a company has bent the knee to these hysterical people uh, for pretty much nothing. I mean, I could understand if there's some profanity and you're getting enmeshed in with that as an employer, then maybe you want to have a, a dialogue, a discussion about it. But that's not the case here at all. It literally said fringe minority. So sounds like somebody needs yeah to get their glasses checked or go get some tutoring on how to read and write. And you know, the other thing too, uh, Tamara, so we got the reason for the banning the we the fringe flag, somebody might confuse it as F. Trudeau. But Donna asked the uh, vice president, uh, Dana Summerfell, um, what was the reason in the first place for banning the Canadian flags? And the reason mm. was what uh, Dana said, allegedly. And by the way, I've reached out to them on several occasions. They're all in the fetal position, not taking calls. The executive team at Quartha Dairy. Of course. What cowards. I mean, guys, you run a great ice cream shop. But in terms of communications, wow, if you ran your ice cream shop the way you communicate, you would have been bankrupt um, years ago. But... What Dana said is that, well, you see, Donna, the Canadian flag in the last couple of years has been tainted, tainted. Um, Tamara, I would say the precise opposite. Since the Freedom Convoy, you see the Canadian flag the world over from the United mm -hmm. States to India to Australia being waved at those freedom protests, at those trucker convoys. It is a symbol of freedom and standing up against tyranny. That is a taint, according to this person. And you know, it, get wor it gets worse, um, Tamara, because there's a school in the um, uh, Durham region called Sunderland School. And you folks might have heard of this story. 
the local Lions Club went to the school and said, you know what, for Dominion Day, we're going to give all the grade one students a Canadian flag to take home, right? Mm -hmm. So the uber woke principal, who again is somebody else curled up in the fetal position, reached out to her, couldn't get any response. She sent a memo out um, to Mara, and it was, a, it was a, regarding a permission slip. Do you allow your student not to go on a field trip, not to attend a school dance, but to accept a Canadian flag? And um, parents were baffled. Uh, most people were absolutely outraged. I reached out to the principal, it won't take my call, but I reached out to the Durham School Board and the communications person said, this is the reason why a permission slip is required for Canadian parents to allow their Canadian children to receive a Canadian flag. Two reasons. One is uh, environmental friendliness, because you see, Tamara, maybe they already have a flag and there's no reason to duplicate that, or maybe they might not use the flag on Dominion Day, so it's just going to be tossed in the bin, I suppose. So it's the environment, because somewhere Greta Thunberg weeps. And the second thing is, for some Indigenous families, and they're just guessing here, because I don't even know if there are any Indigenous children in that grade one class, uh, the Canadian flag means something different. Um, I, I guess if you read between the lines, you know, to be shunned, not to be flown uh, with pride. Can you imagine? Am I, are we living in a bad dream right now, uh, Tamara? I am shocked that people even discuss these things. I mean, really, is that what you're, is this, is that what board meetings are being held to discuss now? That is just, absurd to me. But while we're on the topic of the Canadian flag, I want to throw quickly to the documentary that we are screening yes. currently about what happened over at the Coots blockade in Alberta. So we know that the main convoy happened in Ottawa, but then there was an, another convoy, a, a blockade that happened at the Coots border. And so we had extensive coverage and some reporters and videographers embedded within the blockade. So we have footage that you will not see anywhere else. And it's been compiled now all into a documentary by our very own Kian Simone. Um, so we're, there's a screening tonight and that one's sold out. It's at Buffet Royale in Sherwood Park, Alberta, from 7 to 10 p.m. But then there's also another one happening tomorrow night, June 17th in Edmonton at Church in the Vine from 7 to 10 p.m. That's Mountain Standard Mountain Time. Um, so tickets there will be $13.75. So very minuscule uh, amount there. I think typical of what you would get at the movie theater these days. And then on Tuesday, June 21st, there will be an Ontario screening. Finally, we've waited so long. Um, so that's this coming Tuesday from 9 to 12 p.m. It's happening at the Carlu. That's at uh, 4. It's on Yonge Street, anyway, in Toronto. And tickets there will be just shy of $12. Um, so we hope to, to see people out there. If you're unable to make any of those screening times or locations, then we also offer the documentary to Rebel Plus subscribers. You can chip in with a donation there, become a subscriber, and view that documentary. It um, you, you don't want to miss it. There's exclusive footage, like I said, that you won't find anywhere else. So we want to throw to that. And we're always looking also for other places, hosts, to, to uh, do some of these screenings too. So 
anyone has any leads, then please reach out to us. We also have some more chats here. I just want to get to you because I see we're running a little bit low on time. Oh, and Tamara, um, if I can just interject here. Uh, yeah. What's worth the price of admission? And my goodness, this documentary, it's, it, it is wonderful. But the Carlu is such a gorgeous facility. I, I believe, I'm going by memory, it was built in the 1920s uh, with all the glitz and glamour of the Roaring Twenties. Uh, then in later decades, it was shuttered, uh, forgotten. And then in the 90s, a group came in and restored it to its former glory. It is an absolutely magnificent facility. That's worth the price of admission right there. And then you're going to get to see this fabulous uh, doc uh, documentary. So go ahead, uh, Tamara. And of course, potentially meet some of your fellow rebels. So you don't want to miss out on the in-person screening. It's always nice to meet and mingle with like-minded people. So that's an added bonus of coming to check it out in person. Um, so AMT60 gives $1. Thank you. JT would love Patrick to be leader of the CPC since their brackets non-ethics are the same. And Patrick would probably join the NDP party in holding up the Liberals. <laughs> Pierre, Roman, and Leslin are the best candidates. I'm not so sure about Pierre, to be honest. I'm having some doubts. Uh, I'm not a conservative member, so I will not be voting in their leadership uh, uh, as a leadership contender. But um, I do have reservations there about Polyev. I don't like that he won't take media questions. He skips out on the scrums. And as we've seen more recently, he has decided to opt out of the debates altogether. The press gallery was trying to host one. And where was the other one, David, um, in Alberta? Who was hosting that one that they just had to announce. Oh, the Western Standard, I think it was, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yes, the Western Standard, uh, because of a uh, lack of candidates committing to coming to the debate. So that really, it's suspicious to me. You, you um, know what, Tamara? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I will say, I like Pierre Polyev. I like what he's saying when he gives speeches. He's saying all the right things, and that's clear by the thunderous standing ovations he's getting. But I don't understand, especially when he goes on an interview with uh, Jordan Peterson and he goes to bat yes. for the independent media and then he shuns the independent media. So that makes me question when he keeps saying, you know, the one thing that always gets the biggest standing O, which is he will defund the CBC. Will he really pull the trigger on that? Will he really take out this great white whale that most people would like to see him do? Or would it be meet the new boss, same as the old boss? I hope I'm wrong, but I would like to know why he says to certain people, yeah, the independent media is great, uh, but uh, not great enough, I guess, for me to uh, be interviewed by them. That, that disturbs me. I wish this wasn't the case. And it really pains me to tell you the truth, Tamara. You know, there's still... A long way to go uh, before the next election. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully, oh my God, I hope it's before 2025. I just can't believe, you know, that's uh, that's when this alliance with um, Jugmeet and Justin is to to run until. And maybe Pierre Polyev will have a change of heart, but he's not even the leader yet, and he's mm -hmm. shunning certain media. Ah, uh, I it it's very bothersome indeed. Well, and I mean, I'm just going to go back to 
actions speak louder than words yes. so he can talk this talk but is he going to walk the walk and so it puts some serious doubt in my mind that he will have the follow-through that we so desperately need to see with our politicians we elect them on a platform and then as soon as they're elected in an office you see that just being completely disregarded so that isn't fair um and i think that there's something there that needs to be changed um Frazier McBurney again gives $5. Thanks to the hard work of the rebel team. Do you have any news on the excavator that the RCMP damaged? Oh, I, yeah, damaged. Uh, let's not beat around the bush here. Vandalized. I mean, damage suggests maybe a, a, an RCMP cruiser was accidentally backed into it. They vandalized and probably did six figures worth of vandalism. That's a great question. And I will put it uh, forward to our um, our Alberta team to look into that. I had shamefully forgotten about that. Thank you so much for the reminder. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gwendolyn and Gwendolyn Young gives five dollars. I'm so excited for dinner and a Coots Trucker documentary tonight. Yes, oh. I wish I was out west tonight. It sounds like it's going to be a great time. Um, Georgie Georgie gives one dollar. I'm not defending Mendocino, but why? Are people only focused on him? We should be focused on getting Trudeau out or else Mendocino will be no different than JWR, Bill Morneau and others. Well, I no, I think there's a big difference. I, I think with uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould, uh, she stepped away on a justified ethical stance, you know, yes. in terms of pressure from Justin Trudeau. So uh, comparing Mendocino to JWR, uh, no, mm -hmm. that's truly apples and oranges. Um, yeah, Trudeau is the chief executive liar of the Liberal Party. I will grant you that. But remember, these lies are coming directly from the lips of Mendocino. And he's not backing down. He's not correcting the record. He is the public safety minister. That's important. He has to step down. We can go after the other cats in, in the caucus in the uh, weeks and months ahead. But for now, he has to answer for his incessant lying. Mm -hmm. Well, and he's the advisor on public safety to yeah. Trudeau. So if you don't take out those people below Trudeau who are also lying, he's the one that's advising Trudeau on the response. Um, and I, I'm by no means a Trudeau fan or supporter. But in this case, I think that it is fair that he is the person held accountable and we'll see more scrutiny uh, in the question period as this continues on Trudeau and other people like Christia Freeland as well. In addition to, I don't think there's just one sole person responsible here. Um, January 777, $2. Thank you. It does not matter who is the CPC leader. They are all part of the same political tug of war, red, blue, blue, uh, red, blue, red, blue, et cetera. The whole swamp needs to be drained and start anew. <laughs> I yeah, mean, lots of swamp I don't things and man things in that swamp. <laughs> I don't completely disagree, but I don't know if right now is the time to have such a radical reorientation of our entire political system. I think there are so many things just teetering on the edge of being complete disasters mm. that um, you would need to be in a much stronger, strengthened place as a country to even start to do something like that. But that's just my opinion, and maybe I'm too comfortable um, in, in, in where I am, which actually is becoming increasingly uncomfortable as we see things like inflation, cost of living, gas prices, taxes, everything is on the up, mm. and uh, it's becoming increasingly harder to maintain 
any sort of way of life uh, here in Canada. The noble Canadian gives $5. Hi, David. Hi, Tamara. Could you explain how crossing the floor works in Parliament? Do you think that MPs or MPPs would become so frustrated in their own party to do so with everything that's, I assume that that's going on? Um, well, I don't, well, they're bound by a constitution, right? Yeah, that's no, the hang up. But you know what? I am a fan of our parliamentary democracy system, Tamara. But what I am not a fan about is this idea of crossing the floor, going from the Liberals to the Conservatives or vice versa. Uh, we last saw it with uh, my former MPP, uh, which so MP rather, uh, Leona Alislev, um, when she moved from the Liberals to the uh, Conservatives, I think in 2018. My position is this, if you have a disagreement with the government uh, or with the party that you're sitting with, that voted in on, then you step down and you sit as an independent MP until the election is called, then you run under the new colors. I think that's more than fair because at the end of the day, I'm sorry, if you were voted in as a liberal or if you were voted in as a conservative, the people voted in you under those colors, those banners. You know, when Leona Ellislev mm. was elected as a liberal, the people of uh, Aurora Oak Ridge's Richmond Hill uh, voted her in because she was running as a liberal. Now, the thing is, and this is what made her crossing the floor so disingenuous, um, Tamara, is that she did internal polling showing that that riding, which is a swing riding, was going to swing back to the Conservatives in 2019. And she was right. It did. But, you know, it's funny. Um, the best laid plans of mice and men, eh? In 2021, guess what? It swung back to the Liberals. So now Leona Alislav uh, lost her seat. But I say this in a very uh, non-political stance, uh, Tamara, that regardless of who you ran and got voted in on, that's how you remain or sit as an independent until the next election. I hate this idea of a Liberal presto becoming a conservative overnight and vice versa it's just not right yeah i agree with uh with your commentary on that one uh paul otto newman gives one dollar if they don't like the maple leaf we can always go back to the traditional red ensign correct me if my pronunciation is off on that word the red ensign that's loud. correct and you the know ensign, what yeah. if the maple leaf is really uh, going out of fashion and is it a, is a symbol of freedom, which according to the left is the new F word, uh, or is the symbol of white supremacy uh, and all the other nonsense. Geez, um, what are the Toronto Maple Leafs going to do, Tamara? I sense a big rebranding uh, exercise in order. Maybe instead of the leaf, they'll just put the tree on their sweaters, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that will finally be their saving grace. They can win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. So are the Toronto Maple um, Leafs the new Washington Redskins, folks? That's what I'm asking for, if the Maple Leaf is so insidious in certain circles. Unbelievable. I can't believe we're having this conversation. That's what I mean. I can't believe this is being discussed at all. It's just madness. Uh, C1MCFAR, F-A-R-2, gives $5. Thank you. He's scared of being caught for maybe being controlled by the powers that be behind our political parties in Parliament. I think... You're referring to Justin Trudeau there or Mendocino? Yeah. Who's the he we're talking about here? 
maybe Mendocino then, because we were, we're talking about uh, him a little bit. But yeah, um, all of them are just trying to cover their trail, right? Cover their bases for, for lying. Tamara, can we use the pronoun he with certainty? Or we really don't know what <laughs> Don't assume their gender. <laughs> it identifies. I can't even say the same. <laughs> we have one last super chat so far. Okay. If you have a few more minutes, anyone who would like to get in their last say, then please do so now. But it's from our very own Andrew says he gives us a, a whopping $1. Tamara, how do you deal with David <laughs> controlled opposition Menzies? Oh, I'm not even, that's a loaded question right there to end our you know, live stream. How do we end on that? Well, I got to say for the first time in weeks, Andrew says has written something that genuinely made me laugh. Uh, usually I get my <laughs> chuckles with Andrew says when I listen to his side gig as the uh, announcer on Yacht Rock Radio. That's channel 311 for all you Sirius XM subscribers. That's the conspiracy theory uh, du jour at Rebel News that that is uh, high energy Andrew says Chapados uh, narrating Yacht Rock Radio. Um, and I guess we'll we'll never know for sure. But uh, anyways, thank you, Andrew, for that buck, you cheapskate. You just uh, have Tamara. to laugh, Andrew, because otherwise you will cry. Okay. Uh, well, I see we're five minutes past the hour. So, uh, wow, time really flew. Thank you so much, Tamara, for filling in for Sheila. She's... Um, will be the guest host on the Ezra Levent show because the big boss man, I don't know where he, when he gets to sleep, he's got so many things to do. And so that's why Sheila is filling in today and why I filled in yesterday. I want to thank our uh, trained broadcast professionals behind the tinted glass there. That would be Olivia and Danny and Efren. And I want to thank all you, especially those who gave a um, monetized chat. It's how we keep the lights on here. In the meantime, tomorrow there'll be two other rebels. I think it might indeed be the aforementioned Andrew Chapados with Lewis Brackpool over in the UK. Uh, Sheila and I will be back here on Tuesday of next week. And in the meantime, folks, stay sane. Mr. Speaker, what we see right now is the Conservative Party desperately trying to distract Canadians from the fact that they stood with these illegal blockaders. They encouraged them. Uh, they continue uh, to make apologies uh, for having sh uh, these people having shut down communities, uh, hurt our economy, cost people jobs at the same time as police uh, were trying to do their jobs. They asked for more tools. We granted them more tools with the Emergencies Act, uh, and we were able to get uh, things back to normal in this country. Uh, people are free to protest legally, but not illegally. That's what conservative politicians don't seem to understand.